Let it start start us off with a couple little twisted gremlins. <laughs> I heard some demon whispers in there. Yeah. yeah. You ever hear stuff that just like kind of sounds demonic and you're like, oh, what are they saying to me? I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to know. <laughs> uh, yeah, the voices. The voices. Yeah. Got to get Mayor talking more about the voices. I, I don't know if I ever told, did I tell you that one time? I was like so pining to be more, I guess, clairvoyant mm-hmm. or clairsentient or any of the clairs. Mm-hmm. Like just fucking <laughs> just please. Get, please hit me with some Claire energy. Yeah. I need some Claire. And I started to hear like what sounded like an, an angelic orchestra, mm. you know, like, oh, and like just like beautiful music that felt uh, like from another world. And I've never been so scared in my life. I was like, I'm not doing this. This is, I'm not doing this. Give me all the fluoride. Give me whatever I got to do. Hit me with some fluoride. I got to <laughs> fucking drown this fucking angelic choir out. You hit me with that fluoride. That's literally how it felt. Cause I was so, I was like, I, it's something I had wanted for so long. And then when I got like a taste of like hearing something that I couldn't see or know where it's coming from, I was like, I'm not about this actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually I can't do this. I really, and that's where I started like my commitment to being like grounded in reality. I'm like, I'll go far out. I'll take all the drugs. But yeah. like when I'm in reality, I want to be here. Yeah. I mean, I'm such an escapist and like my mind's all over the place and stuff. Yeah, but, but you're, you don't have a day-to-day escapist itch at all. Mm. It, it happens in social media or whatever, daydreaming. Mm, that's true. I'm just saying when it comes to drugs. You know, I'm like, take a fucking dab. You're like, no, I'll be too high. <laughs> but it, it, is a, it is a very interesting thing to be like, man, I wish I had those superpowers. And then like you start tuning into other stations on the dial. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> and then all the stations start coming in at once on the dial. And you're like, holy fuck, what the fuck? I know when people are like, oh, I can see your aura. It's like purple or it's, blue or it's yellow. It's a lot. I'm like, that sounded really cool. And then I'm like, actually, that sounds like a lot. Because then you not only it's hard enough to interpret our reality, and yeah, what it with, all with means. our with our crude five senses. Yeah, you know? and then you add other senses, and I'm like, I I wouldn't necessarily trust myself to be um, not distorting things to my with using my own ego or something. Oh God! And the, like the ego can scare the shit out of you. It could be like, oh, you know, someone's against me or something's against me or they're doing a uh, what is it like. A, Astral warfare. That's not what it's Ooh, called. <laughs> sounds like something. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. People have said like, oh, I've, they were doing fucking. And I'm like, I want my Merkaba to be so strong that even if people do send me bad vibes, it just like bounces off me and back to them. I think we kind of do have that going on. A That's what bit. I'm working on that. Yeah. N- not to be more porous, but to me, I mean, it's like, I guess it's just my Taurus energy. It's pretty easy. You're for a porous me. Taurus. <laughs> I'm not porous. I'm not porous. <laughs> but you, if you close out all the bad vibes, maybe you're closing out the good vibes too. So I mean, yeah, yeah, exactly. How do you know? I mean, it's all just training to just get better at handling more shit. You know? But the, the more the, the different things that life's gonna throw at you, which is uh, there's a lot, a lot of death, a lot of death, a lot of loss, a lot of loss, a lot of releasing attachment. And it's yeah. like the harder it is to release attachment of something, probably the more sh- gratifying or stronger you are on the other side of it. But it's yeah. like, so it, it kind of reminds me of an acid trip. It's like the harder the come up is, the funner the party's going to be. But, you know, the harder the releasing of like a relationship or whatever it is, 
um, you know, you're going to, when you do actually fully release that energy, you're going to be a whole new person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a tough thing to, uh, to swallow when you're in it. But, uh, I was actually just talking to the boys on, uh, on boys club our mine and Joey's secret podcast. That's on uh, patreon.com slash church at chill. We had our friend C bass on and we were talking about that and, I was saying, not to call this into my life, but I was saying the most, the best, most memorable acid trips, molly trips, mushroom trips, ayahuasca or whatever, is when I had to go through a tough come up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always those are like, by the time I get through those like two hours of roughness, it's always just like the funniest life of my lives. Yeah, well, that. you feel invincible. Yeah. You're just like, I just, I, I had a really intense come up once and then it all hit and I was just like, I'm a party. I was smoking fucking so many joints and just like, <laughs> just like, I'm oh, you should fuck with me. Try. <laughs> what were we doing? Where were we? We were here. Yeah. Big party, Ayla and her friends and. You had a rough come up. No, it was just like a lot. What did we do? Like, do you remember anything about it? I don't know. Every come up, I just like find a place on the floor. I'm asking the what the, we took acid or so like, what did we do? Yeah. What? Like two tabs. Uh, oh yeah. That was so fun. Mm-hmm. That was so fun. That was a, an especially intense one. It's probably the most people we ever tripped around. Yeah. And we took two tabs. Yeah. No. I. I think. And then, but I think that applies to life. Like, if there's, you know, I don't know. Just think about all the it, things. It's like, applied reje- to like, my life. My like, my early my the first half of my twenties was a fucking come up like you wouldn't believe. Right. Just life throwing every combination of things at you. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah, and then like you know, I I kept my focus and an idea of who I was becoming mm-hmm. through it. Like that was like the one sense of clarity I had about anything was just like this goal of like you're a filmmaker, dude. Figure out how to be a filmmaker, but. I think that I, it just my, my life's felt like a celebration ever since. It was such a rough come up into adulthood, you know. Well, and I I don't know if it's like having that dark reference point allows you to be more appreciative of when things are good. Yeah. Or you know. Yeah. Because like, it's almost like being in L.A. when it's nice every day. I'm like, this is depressing. Yeah. Like. I mean, we were in the South just before, and I was like, this is amazing. I now know why people live in the South. Like, yeah. I was ready to move down there. Um, I'm all about it. Uh-huh. I'm about the lifestyle. But there is something when you don't have the change in seasons or the tough days or the whatever that it's kind of like creates like a general malaise blanket on everything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, th- going through the, the seasons in the Northeast like we do, it definitely builds character, I think. You know, roughing it through a winter. Yeah, the hibernation, the time to just withdraw, you just withdraw, and then you just get so hungry for the party. Like, I'm ready for this summer. I'm so ready. Oh, my God. I'm ready to bust out. I I wasn't ready for last summer to end. Last summer really ended for us, like, November 1st. Yeah. You know, we kept it going. We started the party, like, Memorial Day weekend, and we kept it going till Halloween, through Halloween. Mm -hmm. And then, and then, (laughs) it's just like... I was physically sick through November, December, January, and then like now I'm starting to pull myself out of it a little bit, feeling good, get my training going again. The day's getting longer. You're like, this is the biggest gift ever. Like yeah. a little more daylight, like to be so appreciative of something so simple. Yeah. Just like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Well, and, and it's, it, it's the same thing with a bad come up. Like you're on the other side of a bad come up and you're just so appreciative that you're not feeling that anymore that like everything seems funny and light and profound 
Yeah, some, so it's like been two ways for me. There's either like the really hard come up where I'm like kind of hanging on to for dear life. I, and like, and just so people know, I haven't seen you have a ton of those. No, no, no. Yeah. But most times, the come up is so pure. It's like what um, Timothy Leary wrote about in like the psychedelic experience, like the Bardos, mm-hmm. like this the oneness like you feel like as you're coming up you're kind of like whoa you're with god there's not like a lot of thoughts almost it's just like no i couldn't even pinpoint any thoughts yeah very present and very just like whoa wow whoa and then the return to oneness it's it's a spooky thing for a human body and psyche to go through yeah and it's a really beautiful bardo state that almost like the next state is fun and giggly and stuff but there's part of me that just like misses the purity of the first bardo you know yeah yeah i know what you mean you're just like, okay, all right. You're just like operating from a place that's just very like, okay, I'm going to like look at this leaf and appreciate it mm. and just admire it and just f- like, and then you kind of are like watching yourself float around space and and not necessarily be like, what's going on? What am I doing? You know, for the most part, I feel like the come-ups can be kind of in that realm, which is really beautiful and then there then what happens after the good time is that you cling to the good time and you're like no 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 that was so good no 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 yeah, no no yeah. and then it's like fingers on the chalkboard well, that, that's like, your no. ego at work again when it when it's dissolving it's uh yeah it's ushering you back into a state where you're very connected with everything it takes a minute to adjust to that and then when it starts to wear off and you start to come back to individuality that's another adjustment that's a different bardo state Right. Yeah. That's why like the first trip that I did was like probably the most valuable, the first acid trip, because I like took the most acid I've ever taken. And I also like had that clinging sensation of like this true manifestation of suffering through attachment, Mm -hmm. like almost where it's like tangible, where you can like see it and feel it and hear it. And you're just like so desperate to stay in one plane. And then you're like, whoa, I actually like this is not pleasant. Yeah. Hanging on for dear life. Like I need to surf. Like, we need to be surfers. We need to ride the wild, like Mm. we always say. Yeah. You know, that's where, like, the grace comes in. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because it's like, it's like the the grace needs to mature before it will let you access it. You know what I mean? It's like, not yet, not yet. You're going to still, you're going to have another ungraceful hour of your life and and be a disaster. And it's cool because it fucking allows you to, instead of, having a nervous breakdown or a mental breakdown or an existential crisis in the real world, you're just doing it inside. Right. And you're able to figure out like, oh wait, I actually have an immune system for this. Like I actually, there, there's a way to release attachment and not take some of these thoughts, which that's all they are so seriously. Right. And there, there's this whole like practice that I find of like being with my sadness like not pushing away the sadness, not yeah. rejecting it, not saying like, this is bad. I'm sad. Like I can't be sad. I need to distract myself or medicate or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's like the more I practice the sadness and just feel into it, the more it can just like kind of flow through me like that. Um, Hafiz quote, uh, the guest house. Yeah. Oh, let me see if I can re- remember it. Look it up. You want to read that? Sh- I don't know. Whatever. Sure. I mean, you don't I have your phone could... over here. It's fine. I don't care. Uh, it's all good. I mean, it's such a good one. I will <laughs> read it. Stand by. I'll rip a dab. Uh, please lend us your support. If you if you dig our show and you want lots more of it uh, and, and deeper episodes and more personal episodes and lots of music and our Discord community, 
go to patreon.com slash church of chill it's pay whatever you want we say throw us two bucks if you can if you have more if you're well off throw us 10 throw us 20 we really 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 helps us right now um of course i'm glad i picked it up because it's roomy not hafiz my other favorite ones by hafiz okay um but okay i kind of remembered this but i will read it properly uh this being human is a guest house every morning a new arrival a joy a depression a meanness some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor welcome in and entertain them all even if they are a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture still treat each guest honorably he may be clearing you out for some new delight the dark thought the shame the malice meet them at the door laughing and invite them in <laughs> be grateful for whatever comes because each has been sent as a guide from beyond that's it so good yeah yeah so just just you know i think that's like our practice as humans is to like there's such a push and pull and it's like how do we just be with it yeah you know flow with it yeah i feel like we're in um you know, with the new, with the novelty of the technology that, that we've developed, I feel like we're kind of in like, um, this like superficial transitionary state. And I, uh, you know, like where, where everyone wants to, to get on social media and project out, like, look how happy and joyful I am. And like, there's something so sweet about that, you know, mm-hmm. that most people are just trying to project like a happy, good life. I wanted to like share the good vibes. Like I, yeah. Like I kind of had this weird feeling about it cause I definitely share when I'm happy Yeah. and I'm like, I like when my friends share that they're happy. Like yeah. I like seeing my friends like on the top of a mountain or, but, but what I think it does is it creates this illusion uh, that, every- that everybody's happy right? and it starts to make people feel a little isolated and a little paranoid. Mm-hmm. And like Mary and I have been talking about this a lot, like about like how you're creating your reality. Like, you know, you're, it's a hard, it's a really hard thing to describe, but basically what it boils down to what Mary and I have been talking about a lot lately is like, I don't know what your reality is. We're very close. We share the same space most of our days. I don't know how you're processing that, what your reality is. I barely know my own reality. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So, but I think that with, with our, the technological shift that's going on, and it's in a very superficial stage right now, there's not a ton of nuance to it. Yeah. I think that that gives us this idea that like my reality's fucked up. Other people are having this great time. My reality's fucked up. I need help. And uh that's where the vultures start circling you. And it's uh I don't know. You don't want to get pulled into Yeah, like that what do you stuff. need to be happy rather than who What like, do you need to cut yourself off from those feelings? Mhm. You know. Um and it it's a really it's it's a tough thing to navigate, but I think if you start to f- like go deep, deep, deep and try to like just pinpoint like what is causing these feelings. Like it's, uh, you know, they're, they're very human feelings, but has it been spurred by a te- technological revolution that's just has us feeling like a little dizzy, like when you get off a ride, yeah. you know, and we're just having, we're just having a collective moment where we're figuring out how we want to conduct ourselves and, you know, how we want to come off and how we can be there for more for each other. But I think people's personal struggles have been amplified by, are the the technological connection that we have right now. Totally. And I don't think I necessarily approach this healthily or I would recommend how I approach things, but I've kind of, I don't know when it happened, but I started to see happiness as a competitive sport. 
That's cool. I mean, whatever. We're in a competitive economy and everything is, is filtered through the fucked up dark prism of competition. You might as well <laughs> like start working with that energy. Yeah, where I'm just like, I don't know. I think it started like in our relationship where I felt like you were having more fun than me. And I was like, well, fuck that. Like, I'm going to have more fun than him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I was unconsciously having more fun. So once you made it a conscious effort, I'm like, damn, this shit's on. Yeah, we're it shifted on. who you are. Yeah, that's that's kind of a thing we've never even talked about I before. I feel like we have, you know. We we have, but now looking back, now we have like the sample size of the like, um, I'm gonna get while the getting's good too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like we're here to live, have a great time. Let's but have a great fucking time. Let's what about a, a victim of Sean because he's having fun in life? Like what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. It's like <laughs> would be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, I know how to have fun. And, like, I don't, I wasn't even, like, thinking your fun was fun. I was, like, I don't want to necessarily be doing what Sean's doing. I just, like, get jealous that you're having fun. Yeah. Like, well, I need to figure out how I can have fun. Yeah. The, the weird thing was at the time I wasn't even really having the most fun. It I seemed know. like it on paper. Yeah. On paper it was, like, Sean was, like, fucking popping off. But it felt obligatory and weird. And, like, a lot of the stuff I was doing was not in alignment with, with who I was. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you gotta, that's like, you gotta take stock all the time. Like, am I even being in alignment with who I am or am I just like being yeah. competitive fun? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's so funny, it, it, you know, because like, if you look at the three of us, like me, you and Mare. Yeah. You'd probably put me and Mare in the same category. Like, oh, those fucking druggies. They're always just looking for a quick high here and there, you know? And like, you're you're pretty much like, I don't know, the way you do it, like you'll pass on grass all day but then you'll get much higher than either one of us at night you know like you'll you'll fucking start hitting the edibles and this kind of thing so we reintroduced we didn't reintroduce but we tried ketamine again for the first time in a year yeah the other night we decided we're doing it once a year so yeah have a great i was time. like uh, it uh, like i did not bring it up like mayor brought it up you seemed excited and i was kind of like I'll be there for my girls, but I don't know if I'm going to do this, you know? I don't mm. know why. I was just like... Well, because we decided we don't do this anymore. I guess. I, I, But I'm not puritanical like that with myself. It's just yeah. like, it, it is what it is, whatever. Like well, the even, last few times you didn't have fun doing it, so why would you even look forward to it? It I just guess. felt like a waste. It, yeah. it just felt like a waste um, that, like, might not be, like, maybe maybe net negative because it probably doesn't have the best effect on my body overall. So right. it just felt like something I... I shouldn't be looking to as like the solution for anything, mm -hmm. but, um, it was our last night down in Georgia, you know, and we were like, let's fucking party. And, uh, so, so we, we, we make up all these lines and everything. Mare does half a one. I do half a one. You did like six. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think most people would ever predict that, but it is the, it's usually like, well, it, Mare has a good point. Like I need more to go further. Like, uh, like yeah. Mare's more tapped in. She hears the orchestra. I don't. I don't want to. But so <laughs> it like it takes a little more drug for me to like get sensitive because because I have like established a really mm. or part of my makeup is like a pretty thick Merkaba. Yeah. But I definitely there's no doubt that I went further than you guys. Like I went for the K-hole because I was like, I if I'm doing ketamine once a year, like I like a K-hole. Like I yeah, want no, to experience it. I was scared. It. I, I hate to say it. I hate to admit scared it. Scared of what? It's never like, I guess it's, I, well, I don't know. Like I did a half a line and I was like, whoa, this stuff fucking works. I, I like, I, I just associated the last few times I did ketamine it just wasn't working that much because I was abusing it. But like, mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, this works like shit. I forgot about this. Like, 
and it was just like so enjoyable kind of that i was like i don't know if i want to really go any further the music sounded so good that that's the addictive part of ketamine that is, for me because you're like music sounds incredible mm. well it, and it, sometimes it just sounds really weird and like layered and like yeah. like um, and also it feels like every time we do ketamine i hear a song that's a weird song but it like unlocks a version of the song that you can not unhear that you can not unhear yeah 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 we were listening to a lot of uh, beach boys well, yeah. That's some great ketamine music. Oh, my God. I'm not talking about the hits, baby. No. We're, we're talking about the deep, deep cuts. cuts. <laughs> the deep cuts. Uh, you play for most people, they'd be like, this is the Beach Boys? Well, yeah, because it's like... Where'd well, you find this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I listen to every album. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was fun, and it, it's just interesting because, like, for Mara and I, like, we'll take a hit of weed and start dancing, this and that. Like, for you, it takes, a, a, like, a bit more. A bit more to get to that, like loose just like fucking jokes firing off like dancing around but it is a very very fun version of you when you yeah. when you tap into that version of yourself you're like the leo of the of the scene whatever whatever party we're at if you can get to that level you're always like cass is cass is the party right now yeah i guess it's different gears at different yeah. times sometimes you're just an extra at the party usually just an extra <laughs> usually i'm just like okay yeah yeah I I know that night I didn't want to be the main character. That's why it spooked me a little bit when Mary's like, well, maybe we do some ketamine. I was just like, this might not be, I might not be the star of this one. You know? Yeah. No, it was interesting. We watched uh, Chris Rock's special last night yeah. on Netflix that he did live. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, um, for doing it live and yeah. not have, doing all the little tricks that you can do in the edit and make the laughs. It kind of felt right. like the Oscars, but like more inappropriate or, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he talks about attention. I feel like we've heard a bunch of comedians talk about attention lately because yeah. we heard, um, Sam Morrell talk about it, how he's like at the gambling and he's, oh my God. <laughs> no one was paying attention to him. And so he put all his money. He's like, guys, money. I'm going all in because <laughs> like it, it, when he first sat at the table, like he was a hot and everybody was paying attention to him. And then like he started losing his pot. And so he was having to do wild shit to like regain that. And then he realized what he was doing. He's like, God damn, I just need attention. Yeah. 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 And uh, the, yeah, Chris was talking. What was Chris talking about with it? Just that that's like uh, the thing. Oh, that how people needs. get it, whether they get it through being a victim. Yeah, or get it through. we used to we used to need love. Now we need likes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, no, I you know, it's something to be mindful of, I guess. But it's interesting how it even manifests like within relationships and stuff. And um, I don't know. I feel like we're pretty chill. You and I. Yeah, and Mare. I just feel like we kind of like... Yeah. I don't know. It doesn't feel like anyone is more starved for attention or something. Like, no. It just feels like we're like, oh, we're hanging out. and Yeah. I don't know. We all keep busy with our own little art projects and then we come our together. Our own little like, universes, too. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's really helpful for a relationship is to like be satiated by your own universe that you're like, it's a joy to come together, but it's not like... I think when we first got together... And maybe like the first five years, it kind of felt like if we weren't doing something together, it was like a failure. I was very attached to you. you Yeah. 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 I was very like, uh, I just felt like this was a good relationship. And uh, yeah, I think I had wasted time in some relationships that weren't as good. And I don't know. I just wanted to get while the getting was good. And I just like definitely like the first five to seven years of our thing i was very like yeah like now we attached. do different things like yeah 
and that's cool but it took us a my mom thought we were crazy she's like you guys literally do everything together and I'm yeah like, and she's like that's really intense like you guys never take a break from each other and we're like yeah but we like it yeah we like each other so but now it's, it's just always it feels important it feels like we're in the midst of something like we're getting towards something well i always say to you i'm like if i live to 100 i still didn't get enough time with you i know i know so it's like wanting to like enjoy that time but also you know in life you want to have something to bring back bring back yeah like to each other like something to offer oh yeah like, like oh. well we were when we were down just now in st simon's island in georgia like i would get up and you wouldn't even be home that is very rare in our life very rare mm -hmm. yeah you take the golf cart and go down to the beach and do your dancing and stuff and like i was getting a different version of you that i really dig you know someone who w went out and got some sun and exercise in the morning and like by the time i even encounter you you're like wide awake feeling great saying i'm having the best day ever yeah it's funny because some mornings i guess when i get up and stress and do work you don't like that version because you're like we don't get to connect in the morning or something well, it, I, I think it just sends you on a path of that for the day right you know so things are already so serious yeah yeah and there's no reason to get too serious not to get too serious yeah yeah because most of our work can be done in con like most a lot of people's work can be done in more concentrated spaces. It's just we procrastinate most of the time. So, Well, that I feel like that's one of the secrets to our relationship is like we're both really good at saying like, hey, fuck working five days a week. Like, let's just do all that work like in three hours one day. Well, work smart, not hard. Yeah. Is kind of what you try to go for where you're like, all right, like I got to do some important stuff but I got to do it in hopefully a concentrated time mm. so we can have more fun. Yeah. Yeah. Have a lot more fun. Let's pull a Buddha wisdom card. It's a, you pull a Buddha wisdom. Card. It's divine masculine Buddha wisdom. Yeah. So Let's you should see. do it. I'm going to just cut this and then read the one that comes out. This is going to be important wisdom. Yes. Do not let pleasure distract <laughs> you for in craving pleasure comes sorrow. It's so funny because I pulled it's that one true. twice before we, we did this. At, at Are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. What the hell is this supposed to mean? It's, it's calling us out. It's calling us out. Do not let pleasure distract you, for in craving pleasure comes sorrow. Man, I guess. But also comes well, pleasure. <laughs> right? I'm not trying to disagree with the Buddha, man. <laughs> my dudes <laughs> but come on man I he's, think he's not saying avoid pleasure he's just saying like he, craving, craving pleasure craving saying like oh thing. well i want this ice cream like when i get to this ice cream i'll be happy after yeah. this podcast i'll I get got. these three hours worth of work done then i can fucking be happy you should enjoy pleasure while you're being pleasured pleasuring yeah. <laughs> i don't think the buddha's saying don't enjoy the pleasure that's i wonder what, what was the buddha's policy on pleasuring yourself damn um well i think the buddha sat under the bodhi tree and temptation came in the form of mara yeah pleasure and he the women the women <laughs> and he was like no so i think his policy is no but the buddha got enlightened yeah. And I don't know if that's our path. <laughs> <laughs> we have brief moments of enlightenment. Mm, yeah. It's a hard state to live your life and still like uh, 
Well, talk about you got to le- release attachments. I remember when Ramdas tells all these stories about you know going out and being with um, Maharaji and meditating with other people, and then kind of um, being called home to be with his family. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he went home, but the, his teacher at the time was like, "You're so close. Like, release." that and he's like no i'm a human and on this human path like i gotta go care for my family like yeah yeah you know and yeah i don't know that's where i i kind of get to this place and has made me feel pretty zen about life is like where i'm like oh the aim of life or whether it's this lifetime or the next is to fully release all attachment so this thing of like oh my god they they scare you and like you're if you're homeless and i'm like I don't know. I just, I kind of stepped into a universe where I'm like, if that, I am, I mean, I am technically homeless. (laughs) 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 But, um, just kind of feeling like not having judgment for the people who are walking that path. I think everyone should be housed Mm -hmm. and have access to housing, but. Oh yeah, absolutely. But also just feeling like not, there's no, if the aim is, being connected with spirit and there really isn't judgment on how you do that or what that looks like. And it it could look not pretty to other people, but I would argue that the people with the most are probably the most disconnected from spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no judgment, but like, you know, the, the more you have, the more of a burden and weight, psychic weight you're distracted by and the sorrow that comes from like, the highest highs and the lowest lows and, yeah. and wanting a bigger house or wanting the new car, or, you know? Yeah. I mean, do you think Elon Musk is happy? Do you think Jeff Bezos is happy? Do you think, you know, like, is, is there something about that money that, that you re- that, that you think makes them happy? No, I saw someone talking about this the other day, just about how, Oh, I think it was, who's the rapper who was a stripper. I don't know much about rappers. Cardi B. Cardi B. Yeah, I think she was talking about how she used to be so happy when she was a stripper because she could just do whatever she wanted, go wherever she wanted. And now she's kind of like in a prison. Uh, You hear a lot of comedians talk about it. That's who I listen to most is comedians. And, you know, like like Shane Gillis is getting on on a level now where he's selling out, you know, three shows at theaters every night. Mm -hmm. And but... him and every comic I can think of all talk about their open mic days as the best times. Yeah. Cause it's like, even though they, they might've been struggling financially and there's like the anxiety of like, am I going to make it this and that there's something about like being at the beginning of that journey and, and starting off and practicing your craft and learning, you know, how to write for your voice and you know, all the excitement of, of that comes with that. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's very interesting. Yeah, for a second I was like, oh my God, when we first started the podcast, like maybe one day we'll have a producer and have like a schedule and like, and then I, mm-hmm. I realized, actually that's not what I want at all. Yeah. I don't want that at all. I want to be able to do this whenever the fuck I feel like it. Yeah. Low pressure. Like, yeah. Whatever. Like I don't. Yeah. You don't want it to become a job. Yeah. Sometimes you got to look at what you think you want and then be like, is that really what I want? Oh yeah. I do that all the time. I really practice that all the time. I feel into... This is my my clairsentience or something. I'm able to feel into like, like if it's something I really want, you know, I I just think about the moment I 
got it and what everything's going to feel like after that. And and a lot of times I'm like, I don't care. Sometimes even just going through that feeling is enough. You're like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. And then sometimes it's the opposite. Like, you know, like we're gearing up to go make a movie, this and that. And I'm like filled with like, I don't know, do I even want to do this? Do I really want? But like, I already know like this is my path in life and it's going to make me happy and I'm not going to regret doing it. And I'll always look back fondly on on the version of us that was like, let's get out there and make something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I, I'm I'm tr- I'm trying not to get too attached uh, to anything, and, and just letting life throw at us what it throws at us. And yeah, well, because you're at this age, at least I think, where we've experienced a lot of like disappointment, <laughs> to say the least. Where you like yeah. you have all this confidence because you're like this and this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and then when you realize oh that's not going to happen, and you're back at the bottom of the mountain. You're like, all right, it's not so bad because I have other mountains I want to climb. It's just oh, about yeah. having like need a lot of mountains yeah not just one you can't have all your eggs in one basket no or you can i'm not these days i don't know anyone can do whatever they want (laughs) (laughs) be devoted i mean the people who are like devoted you know will do the like get through the 10 rejections of their script and finally sell it like the amount of rejection that jk rowling had before harry potter is like i mean that's all you need to know to kind of keep you on your path is like if you really believe in what you're doing and, and what you have to offer uh, yeah is that like it's almost like a test you know you if, if you get if you get knocked off on the first rejection you don't even deserve what you're seeking oh yeah totally you know yeah i mean life will will throw shit at you left and right to test your perfect faith and you kind of got to show up and fucking hold your ground who what basketball player like was it who were we watching that got rejected from like jv basketball shaquille o'neal yeah see that's what i'm saying man multiple coaches told him you're not going anywhere with this don't do this and he became the most dominant basketball player to ever live he became like feared scary like man when i was growing up i was the biggest knicks fan you could be i watched every knicks and every rangers game every mets game but i was obsessed with the knicks and when fucking Shaq burst on the scene this is when i was a young boy uh, he was scary. He was like one of those opponents. You're like, fuck. You knew it when Michael Jordan came to the garden. You're like, he's going to light us up. It's fine. Whatever. It's Michael Jordan. But Shaq was like, you're scared for the players on the team. You know? <laughs> like, well, he was like a, a force fuck. that you couldn't fuck with. You know? Yeah. There's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting uh, dude. Interesting life. You know? Yeah. I highly recommend the Shaquille O'Neal four-part documentary on HBO. I think we've already talked about it. It'll be fun when we can like VR into someone else's life. Yeah, I do think that that's that's definitely going to be like a I want to play basketball like I'm f- seven feet tall. Yeah, you know, like I want to feel what it feels like to be on top of people and dunk the ball and dribble through my legs and yeah. like we won't need any of those skills or physical things to yeah. feel that. Well, you know? Um, you know, sex always leads the way with these technological breakthroughs, and I'm pretty sure they're already doing the, that with porn. They're working it out. Yeah, but like I've heard people talk about porn, VR porn, where it's just like crazy ass scenarios. Who was telling us that there's this? Oh, Bob. He was saying there's this swing, VR swing, where it's you don't get on a swing, but you just you put on the VR headset and it's like as if you're going on a swing like this. Yeah, it's it's just a first person perspective. And even the guy who invented it, they've ne- no one. You has can't stand up for longer than he, the longest he ever went was five seconds before yeah. you just fall because your brain just like yeah. 
it just overrides yeah. it, it overrides your uh, your better sense like just you knowing it's kind of like when you take a drug and it just fucking gets the best of you mm-hmm. and like you forget like i took a drug mm-hmm. i'm only gonna feel like this for temporarily why am i fucking freaking out mm-hmm. yeah vr definitely has that like we're not used to it at all it's fun though i've only tried it once yeah it is fun i had too much fun in it almost yeah, you could see how that could become an addiction. Totally. You know, you both of us, like, we know better than to even have video games around. Yeah. They've gotten so good. They've gotten so addictive. They've gotten uh, just, like, they just create worlds that you'd rather be in than yeah. this one. I mean, I spent <laughs> a lot of time as a kid in video game land, especially being, like, an only child. It's, like, how I'd pass a lot of time, but. What were you doing? There was, there was this game called Rage on PC mm-hmm. where you'd go around and kill aliens and pick up little naked people you loved it they were like naked people who were like sitting like this and you'd uh-huh. like walk onto them and then save them <laughs> but i pretty much i did beat the game yeah you know yeah there's a couple games i've beat i beat um what's the one where it's just mario super mario brothers yeah i beat that one on game boy color game boy damn it was a big on taking yeah. to say the <laughs> least <laughs> yeah i never beat any and this is really embarrassing this is deeply embarrassing for me to even admit uh i never beat any of the mario brothers games really yeah i got nintendo on christmas in 1986 and i got that was it had super mario brothers and i never beat the first one then the second one came out i loved it never beat it the third one came out i couldn't wait for a game more in my life never beat it i had a lot of fun playing those it games. takes a lot of devotion like it it takes a you lot. know what it always was I, I all three of those games i could still pick them up and get to the last fucking final boss With in two this, seconds yeah. i could figure out how to get to that guy's two, I, I know how to slay that game i just never knew how to beat the final person and it's, it's deeply embarrassing it still sticks with me i'm sorry yeah you, you have time you could pick it back up yeah yeah no it, it life is long life is long <laughs> there's still a chance well i would say you came as close to beating mario kart as one could by just like making having time yeah. time things that you no one could that's that's could that's my game that's my game yeah i i would still i, I an open challenge to anyone on the, yeah, the, send us your f- scores. And for we'll... N64, the N64 Mario Kart time trials that I have on my game, no one could beat them. There's no way to beat them. We get, we let we, we told Joey last summer, me and my cousin Jesse were like, we set these records. We set these when we were uh, in ninth and 10th grade. <laughs> Try to beat them. Um, for, every, for every attempt over 100, we'll give you a dollar. No, you, it, Jesse was like, you have to give me 10 cents for every attempt you do where you don't beat at me. Every attempt over 100 attempts. Like, it's like you get a free 100 attempts. Yeah. And if you can beat it, you'll get 100 bucks. And if not, you got to pay me 10 cents every try over that thing. Jeez. And he just fucking worked on it and like worked on it, worked on it. He couldn't do it. And it's just like... You gotta have somewhere in your life that you dominate. So at least, does that give you a little confidence? Yeah. It definitely was. Uh, that's how I spent ninth and tenth grade. Like yeah. that's what I was doing. Yeah, before I discovered babes, really, or like I wanted to discover <laughs> babes, but like I didn't have a. Well, babes like a, a good time trial. So. Yeah, it, and and it's crazy. There was this babe that liked me who was so hot, and she was my sister's friend, and she would just sit there and watch us play Mario Kart forever, and she would like let me feel her up and stuff. But I never made a move. Yeah. 
yeah, she would just let me like feel her beautiful body. And it was awesome. It was like my, f that was like my first experiences with a girl. But I was too shy to try anything. I was too distracted playing fucking video games. But then my family moved down to Florida. And that's when I was just like, no more video games, none of this shit. No more sports. I wasn't, I stopped playing sports and I stopped playing video games. Bring on the babes. And yeah, that was uh, 25 years ago. 30, 25 years ago. 25 years ago. <laughs> I've just been focused on babes ever since. You know? It's a much more useful thing to navigate my life than being really good at one video game. You gave up, uh, what is the uh, fantasy sports when we got together yeah yeah i i had been doing fantasy baseball and hockey for a few years um before i met you and when i met you i was like oh i don't want to do this any like i just i stopped caring and uh so I, I just stopped doing it it was good because it it took up a lot of my time and it would create unnecessary frustrations kind of like watching the news like why would you watch the news because you you know you you want to get your little outrage thing scratched. I was getting a lot of unnecessary outrage in my life. That's over so interesting. Sports. And well, oh. and imagine if that was back in. Imagine if there, what is happening now was happening then, where you could bet on it, where you were oh, not only losing. That, that actually were, makes me want to do it again. It doesn't. Are you kidding me? To get, f well, I mean, we we had money riding on it, but it was it was nothing. Like if you won the league, you'd win like fifteen hundred, two thousand dollars for the did amount you, of did you ever fucking win the effort. No. I, and uh, another final boss you have yet to beat. It, it killed me because I was about to. I was about to win the league, and uh, or no, I was I was in second place. And David Wright from the New York Mets, who was on my team, was having his last at bat of the season, and it was a shot in the dark. But I was like, if he hits a home run, I win the league. It, it's crazy. Like it's crazy that it would come down to that. You know nothing about fantasy sports, but it's insane that it could come down to that. And uh, he fucking hit a jack and the announcers are like going back way back to the wall and it just fucking hit off the top of the wall right there and i was just like my life got drained out of me and i was just like i, I can't do this is why we were together i was like i can't do i can't keep doing this i i gotta stop doing this like i put together the best team that year we went as far as we could go and i lost Imagine how he felt david right yeah. This was just a regular season game for him. Oh, like, okay. this was not, like, uh, in the playoffs or anything like that. He this didn't know a, he lost you $1,500. No, he, he probably lost a bunch of people a bunch of money. Yeah. Yeah. There's a new movie co coming out. Um, man, this would have been the, one of the best sports bets ever. There's a new movie coming out about the life of George Foreman, mm -hmm. the boxer. Remember mm -hmm. him? The yeah, Foreman of course. Grills? How could I forget? Foreman Girls. Yes, of course. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I remember watching his fight, like, uh, like in the seventies, he came around and it was like whole, he was like the Shaquille O'Neal of, of boxing. It was like, Oh my God. Well, there's a guy that no one's ever going to be able to beat. And, uh, Muhammad Ali beat him somehow. And there's a great movie about that. There's a documentary about that. Um, but fucking fast forward 20 plus years, he's 46 years old. He had been a minister. He had retired from boxing or whatever. And he was like, broke basically you know and he was like fuck i need to get my life back together and was like i'm gonna try to win the heavyweight championship and at this point he was like 270 pounds fucking fat he was just fat and out of shape he was 46 years old and the current champ was this guy michael moore who's 26 just like a fucking killer i'm scared for him i don't even know how this ends and i'm already scared. fucking george foreman gets in there and i remember watching this with uh 
you know, the, the odds were so against him. It was insane. And I remember watching this with my family. And, like, when, when big boxing matches like this would happen, someone in the family would order it on pay-per-view, and, like, everyone would come over. And we were all there watching this. And uh, fucking 10 rounds, he was just getting pummeled for 10 rounds but not going down. And then in the 10th round, he knocked this motherfucker out, out cold, like, wow. way past the 10 count. Like, this dude was just out cold. And 46 years old. And that's how we know about George Foreman. That's how, like, our generation even knows about him. But he, at 46 years old, he beat, a, he beat a 26-year-old after not boxing for God knows how fucking long. And he just, he believed in himself, got in there, did that. Then he got the, uh, the Foreman Grill sponsorship and he's probably a billionaire. So, wait, why did you even tell this story? Like, what, why did that, why did that come up in your mind? Um, what were we just saying right before this? Talking about fantasy sports and... Oh, we were, you were saying betting. You were just okay. talking about betting and, you know, like... Uh, I was just so if someone, people, some people probably bought once. A lot of people money. lost a, l- money on that. But if you if you put a lot of money on George Foreman for that fight, like, you'd probably be set up for life because <laughs> the, the odds were so against him. There was another there was another one when Mike Tyson fought... Um, oh, my God. How am I not going to remember this guy's name right now? This is so embarrassing. Yeah. Anyway, Mike lost. Mike Tyson lost his first. No, no one ever thought Mike Tyson would ever lose a boxing match, and mm-hmm. he lost to a guy. And the odds were forty-two to one. Mm. There's a there's a great uh, ESPN thirty for thirty about it called forty-two to one. That'll make you cry because it's just so crazy that this guy got the will to beat Mike Tyson, and his mom had died a week before, and that's mm. how he like got the strength to do it. Oh, I did we, we probably watched that. Yeah, um, yeah. I watched it, and I think I talked about it on an old podcast or whatever. But yeah. Yeah, whatever. I could talk sports, legendary sports stories all day, but I, I think people don't like it that much. Mm, I like it. You do? Yeah. I got to pee. Yeah. Cool. I was thinking I'll keep the people entertained, but then I was like, we should probably just have a breath meditation pause, and that's what we did. Yeah, or we could edit it out. Mm, yeah. You want to pull one more wisdom card? Yeah, sure. All right, here we go. Hopefully this one won't be calling us out so hard. (laughs) All right, let's see. Endure harsh words, for many people speak wildly. Endure hard words in peace. What up, YouTube comments? (laughs) Yeah, bring it on, motherfucker. Bring it on. Come on. Talk about it. I think it's good we have a thick skin. People, you know. You need one. Yeah, need someone. You, you need, need one. one. You're fucked if you're not going through life with a little bit of a thicker skin, you know. Like Chris Rock talked about that in his thing. You know, people saying, uh, words hurt. Words hurt. It's like, uh, yeah, or you could just change your fucking processing. <laughs> words hurt. They, I mean. Well, he was like, getting punched in the face hurts worse, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I, I think this is, uh, this is great advice. This is great advice on how to navigate life because uh, people are going to say some fucking wild shit and people are going to do some wild shit. And, you know, you got to just say that this ain't my business. You've gotten better. You, 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 uh, you sometimes will take a harsh word and you'll be like, you want to play in harsh words? I can play in that game. Me? Yeah. What do you mean? I use them? Well, you. You have the capacity to yeah, yeah. Uh, use harsh words. So when someone comes at you with harsh words, sometimes you're like, you know, let's let's tumble, let's rumble. Yeah, yeah, it's not fucking a fair fight at that point. I I think uh, maybe maybe people don't know that about me, but I, I've 
I've yet to meet my match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just don't even do it. I don't, I don't even go there. Yeah, you and Mare are, are pretty confident that you both are the winners of the match. And then I'm like, well, you haven't. Tumble with me and we'll see. You both lost. Oh. <laughs> you th- I let you think you win. No, I don't think I win anything. <laughs> you don't win. When you're the when you're the person doling out the harsh words, you're not winning. You're just no. protecting yourself. It's like Beyonce has this song. She's like, "You hurt me, you hurt yourself." <laughs> I mean, it's about cheating, but it's so true. You hurt the person you love. You're hurting yourself. You hurt anyone. You're hurting yourself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it sticks with you. Yeah. Yeah, it sticks with you. It's it's like something I really had to reckon with at some point, because I like it, you know. We've talked about it a million times, but I used to just be really, if someone crossed us, I'd fly off the fucking handle. I appreciate that though sometimes because you're like, you're, you're like, we have, um, we make art that's, that needs to be defended sometimes, like needs to say like, hey, you might not be looking at this right, or hey, this isn't for you and that's okay. You know, like I think it's a, a fair that you, at times when someone just comes at us with like bullshit, we're just like, yo, that's bullshit. I think that's yeah. fair to do. Yeah. Like but I think it's what it like, what it brings out in you. You just want to like try to, that's what it's saying. Endure word, harsh words with speed peace. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's like, is it, is anything worth taking away your chill? Like your good day? Like, is it worth giving it, it, it away? It doesn't seem like it, but then like, you know, you get a fucking phone call from like some production company who's like, by the way, we're going to make Florida man into a series for national geographic. And, uh, which they are doing. Why? Cause remember we met someone who was like, they, Oh, someone came around here and they're and like, they, they said they're for making Florida, Florida man. man. Yeah. Well, whatever the case may be like, cool, try it. But if you're going to call me up and tell me to my face, like it's some sort of compliment that you're going to rip off my original work and turn it into something where you make a lot of money. I'm sorry. You're going to get the brunt of my harsh words. And, and I fucking despise the people that pull that shit out of me because they fucking disturbed my chill. (laughs) And that's what it is. That's where the anger comes in. I'm like, damn, uh, you could have just like did what I did and have an original thought and an idea and develop that. But you went down this path, and this path led you to calling me up and disturbing my chill. <laughs> you motherfucker. Well, I think I'm trying to sit here with my hot-ass girlfriend and just appreciate her. <laughs> well, I think a lot of things in life, like, you know, my dad kind of just went through a breakup or whatever. He doesn't listen to this, so I don't care. Kind of. My dad kind of went through it. Your dad broke up with his partner from 12 years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she moved across the country. But they, like had the most amicable and my my mom and dad sickeningly amicable my mom and dad got divorced and they had the most amicable divorce and my mom's like she sometimes she gives us a hard time she's like i don't like how you and sean fight so much like i don't think it's healthy and i'm like you got divorced without ever saying you without any confrontation or adjustments able to be made the hell like i think there is a place where you kind of just not necessarily harsh words but saying your truth and and having it out is probably a really healthy component of like a relationship because if you're not acknowledging the energy within you or allowing it to move or whatever you're going to stagnate and you're going to have to play nice but you're going to be gritting your teeth the whole time well and and then you, you get like enough of a sample size of like the stagnation playing nice thing that you see what happens your 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 dad's relationship with that woman were not was like it was the definition of like stagnant yeah yeah, it was like molding over fucking like it was just like 
Well, I was like, Dad, why didn't you end it sooner? Because he was like, I wasn't happy for a long time. And he's like, mm, I was lazy. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I relate I with that. I when re- he said that, I was like, that's some real shit. Yeah. He, he, uh, like, th- it's the combination of laziness and being slightly scared, you know, or very scared of your partner and what well, they just might like say Not wanting do. to go through the drama of the breakup and not wanting to deal with yeah. the disentanglement that's required and yeah. the discomfort and, yeah. you know, it's... It's kind of easier to just stay in something like that's not great than to like I can't relate with that though and I don't think you can either I don't even want to get into anything that's not great yes exactly so it, well and, like, and he talks about that which is that disturbs me more than any of it he's like I knew right away not to not to date this woman yeah 12 years <laughs> you knew right away we had someone else tell us that remember we like we went up and visited our friend and like she had been with another one of our friends for like five years and it was kind of an odd couple to begin with because like he's like schizophrenic kind of and she's like, you know, regular functioning person and, you know, they broke up and it was really sad. It was really sad for everybody, their friends, them, whatever. But she was like, I knew, I knew not to do that to begin with. My body told me, don't do this. Don't have sex. Don't, don't go any further with this person. And I did it anyway. And what do you get when you when you do when you do something that out of alignment with what your fucking everything in your being is screaming at you? What do you get? You get a prison sentence. For her, it was five years. For your dad, it was twelve. <laughs> fucking crazy. And there's there's definitely countless examples of you know way longer than that. Oh yeah. But if the alarm bells are going off before you're even fucking entangled with the person and you go ahead with doing that, yeah, karma's coming for you. You're going to have to fucking pay the price. But it's it's really interesting because now this is my first time even knowing your dad. Oh, I've been telling you for 12 years. I'm like, my dad's cool. Like my dad's fun. We Last have a great night time. was my first time hanging out with him since he's been broken up. And I'm like, Oh, I get along with you. Like, you're cool. Like, you're actually funny. Like, you're light. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm you've always you. been saying this, and I'm like, Cass, I get it. You're daddy's girl and everything. Your dad doesn't have a sense of humor. And I'm like, no, he does, actually. Yeah. He'd prefer to be laughing and joking around. Yeah. He was, it, that it, that part of him was inaccessible well, while he it, was in a relationship. It would come- you couldn't even hear it because it would come out around Amy, but she would kibosh it every time. That's so it's so I'm distracting. Saying. Yeah. Well, and, and then it's like eyes. we're watching them kind of be in a fight instead of me laughing about whatever he just said. Right. Yeah. That's why I was like, I need, like, I like hanging out with my dad. I'm going to go hang out with him alone. Like, him and I just bust each other's balls and laugh. Like, we just have a funny ass time. Yeah. That's always been your, you've always gotten along with And your I'm dad. glad you're starting to see it, you know? Yeah. Because, yeah, that's obviously we'd wish for someone who, like, his natural inclination is to like joke around god to be with a part and that happens all the time people with natural inclinations to have a good time there's almost like a balance that happens where they end up with like a stickler of apartment partner you even say it about me you even say like i mean like i'm hard to laugh or whatever you're just a tough crowd sometimes yeah well it's because i'm like whatever sometimes i gotta you're just not you're just you're somewhere else it's not my fault like i am really funny actually but you're just not hearing it you know and it's okay that's fine i don't care i've reckoned with that a long time ago i hope so oh yeah no you make me funnier you make me yeah because you gotta take you gotta do better material (laughs) yeah i gotta take it up a notch (laughs) (laughs) let's do another one of these these are fun okay okay i'm gonna pick for my divine masculine let's see see what it has to say up to you 
<clears throat> your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your un your own unguarded thoughts. That's a good one. Your worst enemy cannot harm you as much as your own unguarded thoughts. It's a good reminder. You think someone's doing something to you? It's like, no, you're just not disciplined. <laughs> you lack discipline. You lack discipline. <laughs> you know, you let you let someone else write the story, tell your narrative. Oh, you know, they didn't like me, so they, I'm rejected. I'm not. It's like, no, that's not the truth. That's just like thoughts. It's thoughts. You're, yeah. you're handing over the power of your own thoughts to someone else who yeah. fuck them. Yeah. Yeah, you're very aware of that, especially for an only child. You're very aware of like the power that you behold and when you give it away, you know, when to protect it a little bit more. It's interesting. I'm a little more susceptible the way well, I go very, through life. you're very like empathetic, you know. And you feel people's energy and yeah. I can, and I do feel people's energy, but I'm also I compassionate to too, yeah. you know, like I, I want to people to feel like I'm giving them the time of day. Yeah, of course. And sometimes that means yeah. getting in the mud of their thoughts. Sometimes that means getting in a fucking relationship and being in it for fucking way too long. And like, you know what I mean? We've done that, mm -hmm. you know, like you, where you just, I gave my power to some girl who is like, Ooh, wow. I have now I have my power and this guy's power mm -hmm. and they use it mm -hmm. to, to make me feel smaller like because they had issues with their dad or whatever mm -hmm. it's so weird well I think it's like where you have to like be in alignment too like we're talking about is like there's a balance to it like you're getting power by having their attraction but then they're also taking your power so as much as they're yeah. giving to you by validating you they have the capacity to take it away. So as soon as you externalize your validation, which we all do, mm. um, you're in a very vulnerable state. Yeah. Because your validation is now at the whims of when someone texts you back or if they text you back or if they want to go on a date or if they don't or if they want to plan a future with you. Like, it's tough. It's tough because it, it uh, or whether or not they want to buy your idea or fund your movie or you know um oh, that, yeah. that's where it's like it's it's important to remember your own wholeness your own perfection you know and and try to prioritize feeling into it not even thinking about it just knowing like knowing i am whole knowing i am complete knowing i am perfect you know that this is perfect that this moment is perfect and embracing what is because mm. that's all we can do is like really accept it's like a practice of acceptance into the moment of uh where we're at you yeah. know and not judging it yeah acceptance is the opposite of clinging yeah and it's a very powerful tool that i think uh just a lot of people just don't know how to access because we're not really taught that ever you know we're taught the opposite like no do not accept do not accept anything fucking you know manhandle life well, I, th this is where I'm the worst is like, cause I treat life like a game a lot of times. Life so, is not a game, Cass. I this don't know. is a temple. Yeah. Well, <laughs> if I feel like I'm being rejected or something or someone didn't respond right to my email or whatever, I'm like, I, my mind goes to work. Like, well, I can win them back. How can I win them back? What can I do? I'm going to win them back. You know? I do the opposite, which is why maybe even certain friends have stayed in our life, you know? Because mm -hmm. I feel if someone I've talked about it before, if somebody flakes, I'm I'm like, cool, they're gone. They're out. 
you know, if if they if they exhibit flaky behavior. I don't care if someone cancels yeah. or this or that. Flakiness is a whole different thing. Well, for me, uh, I'm like, okay, I didn't say something right. I didn't I do know. something right. I was too needy. I was too like attached. I came on too strong. Okay, let me play the game. I can be. I can be cooler. I can play it chiller. You know, just let me try. And I'm like, know? fuck them. Don't yeah. Fucking like whatever. Let's yeah. have a more fun time than them. Well, yeah, and it's it's a fucking torture sentence what I do to myself, but it is who I am. You know, as far as like. I want to do good, so I want to look for ways to do better. Not that everybody doesn't, but it's like a serious practice of mine. Like, yeah, okay, you, yeah, you have the time to do it. Yeah. You might as well become a good person. Well, not even a good person, just like, how can I do right by you? Like, a It's a good person. <laughs> you know, we're, we're here walking each other home. Yeah, and I want to do right by you. Yeah. I want to do, and I want to be good to you, and I want to learn how, what is better, so, you know. Anyway. You want to do another one? Sure. One more? One more. One more. Do what you have to do resolutely with all your body, mind, and heart. What do you think it means? I think it means, like, don't spend a lot of time questioning yourself. Like, if you're like, I have to be a filmmaker, do it. Do it with your mind, body, and heart resolutely. You know, yeah. like there's these things we know about ourselves. Like I need to have fun. Yeah. I'm going to have fun with all my mind, with all my body, mind, and heart. And yeah. so how do I do that? How do I bring levity to my body, lightness to my mind, Yeah. pleasure to my heart? Yeah, not doing things resolutely is... Uh it's definitely kind of harkens back to what we were saying about uh, externalizing your validation. Because mm. if you're paying attention to that whole thing, you're not going to follow through and do things resolutely. You know, if you're like, oh, uh, well, that didn't get enough likes. I'm not doing this anymore. Or this, uh, you know, oh, that fell flat. Or I shouldn't try. I got to stop flirting with that girl. Or, you know, whatever. If you're not doing it resolutely, like, how could you expect that stuff to come to you? Yeah, I think... Uh it's just like a reminder, like what we were saying, it, it kind of comes back around to like the rejection and like uh, if you have an idea or something that you believe in, you know, you got to give yourself fully to it. And, and that means not being deterred by one person not understanding your idea or getting it. Or oh, whatever. yeah. You and I have gotten into this a million times. Like if I'm feeling like like full on about something and you're like a little wishy-washy about, come on, come on. Yeah, no, you really help. Like I fucking care about this. Like you help too, and me because we're we're very much like this is something to take seriously. Like, business partners it. and life partners and yeah. partners in a way that like, and I appreciate it because you like will like you'll t t walk me through it. Like we're gonna care about this, and this is why. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we shouldn't approach this half ass. And this is who we, we should are. Use our whole ass. And we should use our whole ass. Yeah. So you know, resolutely use your whole ass is basically what the Buddha is saying. <laughs> Yeah. With your whole ass. <laughs> Proceed using your whole ass. Yeah. But don't get too attached. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you want me to read the two? I, I'll just, we'll just sum it up. Well, I already put the two that I have. Okay. Well, let me just, let me just remind people. Let's go back. Do not let pleasure distract you. Mm -mm. For in craving pleasure comes sorrow. Yes. And then there's, a, there's some, um, um, another one that says, endure harsh words for many people speak wildly. Endure hard words in peace. 
All right. I think we learned a lot today. We did learn a lot today. Thanks for coming to class. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Two fools. (laughs) I was ripping dabs the whole time. You know, I'm feeling extremely high. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed hanging out. We love hanging out with you. Uh, You know, for more episodes, they're available. We're always hanging out at least once a week, pretty much. Yeah. Once or twice a week. If, uh, yeah, if you want more, patreon.com slash church to chill. We deeply appreciate the uh, the support. And it's also the portal to becoming friends with us, if that seems like something that's interesting to you. It's about to be summer, and we want to have more friends and places to go. So Yeah, let's party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go to patreon.com slash church to chill and get up on our Discord, and let's become friends. Cool? Cool. Peace, love, and magic, y'all. Peace, love, and magic. Yeah.